We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard. On this Thursday, now we got a lot to do. Connor Hughes is going to join us. SNY up in New York. Uh, talk about this game coming up on Saturday, one hour from now. We got Elliot coming up in a minute. We're going to get to 8:30. I'm going to give you a comp. Could be a player who's playing now, could, you know, a contemporary or a guy in the past that each of the playoff quarterbacks remind me of, including Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones. So a lot to do over the course of the show. We'll do a trust the pregame later on in the evening before the Sixers, who have been red hot, red hot. Uh, we'll play the Trailblazers tonight out in Portland. And I believe the Sixers are about a two-point favorite right now over at FanDuel Sportsbook. So maybe we'll throw a question to Elliot about that. He's doing the Sixers podcast. Clap your hands as well with us here at Odyssey. So we'll get to that. But, of course, a lot of Eagles here. And the good news, the big news is the injury report this week. 21 of 22 starters look like they're good to go, including Lane Johnson. Only, only Avante Maddox is uh, is going to be out for this game, which is a big deal. Let's get to Elliot here. We'll talk some injuries this game. Maybe some uh, pizza stuff as well after this week. Elliot, how you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, man? Elliot, uh, can you uh, can you give us clarification on Avante Maddox? I know we had some uh, c- contrasting reports out there today about Avante's status. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean he's not playing. Right. I know, uh, you know, our our very own Howard Eskin seemed to have thought he saw him at practice. But you know what? I mean, the, the king the king makes an occasional mistake, and and he admitted to it earlier. He goofed. It happens. Yeah. It happens. I'm sure a lot of Twittyets were in his mentions that that tends <laughs> yes. to happen. So yeah. It does. But it does sound, and I think we kind of knew all week, it probably wasn't going to be this week for him. But it, it is pretty amazing how healthy this team has gotten here. Over, you know, Because they were banged yeah. up in December, and that was, I think, one of probably the biggest worry as the season ended. I mean, they're going to have 21 of 22 starters on that field Sunday, uh, Saturday night, Ellie, which is something I think if we had said that in November, we all would have said, all right, let's go. Yeah, and I mean, look, if we're including Avante Maddox as a starter, and we should, but when they're in their base defense, they'll have all their starters, all you know, 22 out of 22. So, And especially when you think about this franchise, how much time we've spent over the last, really, maybe four years talking about their medical staff. Remember all the injuries they, they had, you know, uh, at one point, they were pulling guys off the practice squad, and there was a lot of criticism of the medical staff. And then also, you know, in training camp, there was a lot of debate about you know, should they be practicing harder? Should they be practicing longer during the season? Should they be resting on Wednesdays? Well, there's definitely luck involved in injury. There's no question about that. But I think their strategy and how they've gone about it has, has been completely validated by the fact that they're heading into this postseason, the most important postseason run, you know, maybe since 2002, 2004. Uh, they're going into it almost completely healthy. They are. And, and you said important there. It's interesting because – 
You know, I, I think a lot of fans look at this group and think this is a window that is wide open, and I don't think it's going to close next year. But, Elliot, we would have said that in 17, and then that window started to close very fast, right? They had one more run in yeah. 18, and then it was, pre- it was pretty much closed. I mean, 19 was not a very good year, and they lost the home playoff game, and that was it. Then they became a bad team in 20. So you never know how long these windows open. They open when you least expect it, and then they close quicker than you want. I mean, this really is a critical game for the franchise on on Saturday because it, it kind of validates everything that we think we learn about them this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of a game in Eagles history that has more of a swing on, you know, positive to negative, right? And, and it has a lot to do with where the window of this team is at. I mean, you brought it up, you know, every year, you know, 2017 was, well, they're going to win it in 2018. They'll have a great chance. Well, the reality is almost every champion in every sport at every parade goes, this is just the beginning, and it's almost never just the beginning. It's pretty much normally the end, right? There's only one Tom Brady out there, and that's really it. So when you think about what's at stake in this game on Saturday, I really think it kind of validates you know, everything that they've been through this year. If they lose this game on Saturday, you really look at it and go, okay, yeah, they, they were the number one seed, but now they're, they're 0-2 in the playoffs with Jalen Hurts, you know, 0-2 in the playoffs with Nick Sirianni. They lost as a heavy favorite. You know, obviously you view the offseason differently. But um, if they win, then I think they can get into next week and go, all right, we're in the championship game, we won a playoff game, and all those things. So, yeah, the Super Bowl window, I I agree that it's not as wide open as people like to make it, and they'll never maybe have an easier path. But I think this game on Saturday is, is just so incredibly important for validating what they did this year. Are you worried at all about it? Eagles are a seven and a half point favorite. It's kind of stood there all week, so it's over a touchdown. We, we know they're better. We also know, you know, divisional games in the playoffs can can be weird, right? Last week we saw Baltimore probably should have won, and they, and they lost it on the fumble. And then whatever the heck the Bills were doing, you know, with a close game against the Dolphins. So we we just saw two of those. Are, do you have any trepidation? This is going to be a nail biter, or do you think the Eagles will just be the better team on Saturday? Yeah, the best way I can put how I feel about this game is I think there's a better chance they win by 14-plus than they actually lose the game. Could it be close? Could they win by a field goal? Could the Giants keep it competitive into the fourth? Sure, right? But, you know, outside of the traditional, which you can apply to any game being played in any sport, outside of the anything could happen, there's no reason to think the Giants should be able to be competitive with the Eagles. There's no reason to think that they should actually be able to pull the upset. The Eagles have the advantage at every level. They have the advantage on both lines. They have the advantage at quarterback. They have the advantage uh, at you know receiver versus cornerback. And there's a debate to be had whether they, whether they have the advantage at coaching as well. So they're at home. They're rested. They're healthy. Sure, anything can happen. But I think any worry that Eagles fans have is really just a nervousness about starting a postseason with so many expectations. I don't believe anybody out there is truly worried about the Giants, uh, you know, in their roster. I, I don't think they'll be able to win the game. I always think it's fun, uh, especially when it's a rival, to, to kind of get a view from the other side. And I know you and James on the Go Birds pod, yeah. you did that today. You had um, Sean Morash, who was actually my first producer that I ever had in this company. So oh, I, wow. I know Sean. And uh, is, is he with Paul Dottino? Do you have him on too? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, so I saw you. You posted that you guys had them on. What was the most ridiculous thing that I'm guessing Sean was the one saying? What was the most ridiculous <laughs> thing you heard today? Well, I'll say this: he's certainly a uh, a man of take. So I can see that why how, why you two work together well. Um, I mean, I was just, and it was a ton of fun. They were they were both you know really really fun to do the pod with. But I was just surprised at their genuine confidence in the matchup. I mean, they were saying that. If the Giants' defensive line was healthy all year, they would have broken the NFL sack record. Keep in mind, they had zero sacks last week <laughs> against the Minnesota Vikings. 
Um, I mean, they said that, uh, you know, the Giants offensive line, you know, I, Andrew Thomas, the, the tackle, is better than Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. Um, I mean, they were really, really confident uh, in their team. They said they thought the line should only be uh, Eagles by three instead of Eagles by seven and a half. So, you know, I, I almost I couldn't tell whether I should feel bad that they felt this way or, you know, just kind of pander along so that they could keep some hope up. But, yeah, I mean, they are, they, are, they are definitely feeling the Giants heading into this. Yeah, it feels to me like they have, they have like, made a run syndrome, like, because the Giants have made runs before, right, with Eli Manning those yeah. years. Like, just every time you get nine wins and make the playoffs doesn't mean you get to go win the Super Bowl. That's, that's not really how well, this works. It actually reminds me a little bit of the Eagles in 2019 where, or yeah, mm-hmm. the year Carson where they played Seattle. Right. We're going into it. We knew the roster wasn't good. We knew that, you know, they were home underdogs in that game. And you could talk yourself into it. Well, you know, Greg Ward's playing well and all these things. No, the reality is that Eagles team was not very good. The reality is this Vikings team, I'm sorry, this Giants team isn't very good. They beat a bad Vikings team. I, I just, I, you know, I can't see it. I, I can't find a reason to think that the Giants could win this game. All right, where did you stand on uh, Pizza Hut Gate earlier this week with the Eagles? Uh, because it became the biggest talking point other than the game this week. Did, right. did you find it odd that they ordered chain pizza when we, we live in? I mean, we live in a good pizza area here, uh, Elliot. I, I mean, know. there's a lot of good pizzas, and they went with you know, and it's not a knock on pizza, but it's just you know, it's Pizza Hut. So I have my fun take on this and my serious take. Okay. You can you can pick which one you want. Let's go. I, I want to hear them both actually. So give well, me yeah, give course. me the fun yeah. take first, and then we'll get you know, then we'll get to the serious pizza business here. All right. So the fun take on this is everybody loves to re- everybody loves to react like that. Like oh, I'd never eat Pizza Hut. And again, I love Pizza Hut. No shot at Pizza Hut. There was a lot of acting as if there's all types of variations of pizza. Let's be honest with ourselves. All pizza, plain pizza, is pretty much the same. There's not a huge difference. It's sauce, it's cheese, it's bread. It's not reinventing the wheel. People like to pretend like some pizza is better than other pizza just to make themselves feel better and to justify spending $35 on a pizza. I actually think this, this lie that's being you know kind of put out there that there's a ton of different pizza is not true. So I respect him for just ordering the pizza he wanted, which is stuffed crust pizza. So my reaction to that is, and and I think this is more of a commentary on on the pizza, you know, the, the society we live in with pizza right now. That I think the average pizza has gone down so much that you, your take is probably closer to right than wrong. Like there's obviously yeah. really good pizza. But I, I think too often people just say, oh, it's pizza, it's good. No, no, it's not. I mean, this is not good pizza. We could say that. So yeah. I, I think it's, it's actually a sad commentary on the state of pizza. But, okay, what, now we, give me the serious take on this. All right, so I think one of, the most, one of the best qualities about Sirianni, and we've seen this time and time again, is that he is not afraid to be himself, and he does not let public embarrassment weigh how he acts, right? We saw it with his introductory press conference. We've seen it with the flower analogy. We saw it at, uh, most times with the T-shirts, right? The dog mentality, all that type of stuff. The fact he was willing to sit up there and say he ordered Pizza Hut stuffed crust pizza, <laughs> knowing this would be the reaction, knowing, right, like how Philly would react, and he was per- perfectly comfortable saying it. I think it's such a, a great quality in, in him as a head coach that he is very, very comfortable with who he is, and he does not allow – his opinions or what he says to be swayed by how he thinks people how he thinks people might react to them. It sounds like he could be a radio host, to be honest. I mean, almost. He, yeah, yeah, like he gets yeah. it. Like you say what you got to <laughs> say, and you don't worry about the reaction. Um, now, do we think yeah, the Giants took a shot at him today? Because we uh, we did see um, former colleague of ours. He he, he covers the Giants yeah. in New York. He uh, he threw out that the Giants had a great media spread today with pizza. Yeah, so I will say I initially thought it was a pretty obvious shot at Sirianni. Pretty coincidental. They would order a ton of variations of pizza right before the game. But 
as my tweets generally do, it got to the Giants, and the head of PR <laughs> tweeted, the head of PR tweeted that they always order pizza on the last day of practice. So, you know, I don't know about the sports science aspect of that, but apparently it's not a shot, but it's playoff time. So I think that any bulletin board material Sirianni and the Eagles can get, I think they're going to latch on to. Okay, well, that's that, well, I'm good. We, we need more of that. All right, before I let you go, Sixers tonight, uh, and of course, is yeah. tomorrow a new episode of the pod? It is. So a new episode of Clap Your Hands uh, tomorrow. Me, Kyle Newbeck. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, I'm, I don't know if you have a question about the game, but just heading in, into tonight, my advice to Sixers fans, anyone listening, because I was in this boat about, a, you know, really since the start of the season. They always lose in the playoffs. I don't trust Joel Embiid, James Harden's cook, and I understand people feeling that way. But my advice would be watch this Sixers team, and I think you'll see the team you've wanted to see. James Harden is playing at a, great, at a very high level. He's shooting threes. He's making threes. They, as a team, they take a bunch of threes. They have really good guard play. Embiid's playing awesome. I know the playoffs are all that matters. I get that. But this Sixers team really has been a ton of fun to watch recently. Well, they have, and I and I about I think for me it was like two weeks ago, Elliot. Like I finally was like, they're playing well. I mean, they're they're good. They're, they're yeah. play, so I have to accept this and just say, okay, maybe maybe this could be different. And I do think and I'm curious if you've thought about this. Um, I I do think these games are important. It's easy to say, well, it's January. You know, they're playing some you know mediocre or bad teams. Wake me up when it matters. But I, I saw this today. They're scheduled the rest of the way. So Tankathon says they have the toughest schedule in the NBA left. So they have three with the Celtics, three with the Nets, two Nuggets, two Bucks, two Cavs, one Grizzlies. That's a lot. So like, if we want them to be a top, you know, let's say three seed. They need to rack up these wins because if we're being honest, like they're not going to win all those games that I mentioned. They're going to have some losses yeah. against good teams. So th- these are important because if they get to 52 or 53 wins, like these are where the, most of those wins are coming from. It's almost like the Eagles, yeah, like beating Arizona and what, but like those wins help them get the one seed. I mean, 100%. You think about that Eagles win over the Colts, right? A game that right. was ugly throughout. They steal it. And now the game in, in uh, Saturdays in, in Philadelphia. But from the Sixers' perspective, yeah, 100%. I mean, the East is very top-heavy. You know, you look at the Celtics, the Bucks. Um, I don't know if I believe in the Cavs. They're pretty inexperienced at this point, but they're playing well. But to your point of having home court advantage, think about some of the worst Sixers losses we've seen, right? Game 7 in Toronto last year in Miami, uh, Game 5, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. So getting these games at home in Philadelphia – it is huge. And to your point, their March schedule is extremely difficult. They have to rack up these wins and put themselves in a position where, you know, I think you have to go better than 500 in March, but, but get to a point where you don't have to win, you know, 18 out of 20 or, you know, 13 out of 15 or whatever it is. They have to rack up these wins now. So, yeah, it's a very important time for them. It is. Tonight they'll play. We'll do a trusted pregame letter. Elliot, we'll be listening to Clap Your Hands and uh, enjoy Saturday. We'll talk next week before the NFC title game. Yeah, we will. We will. I'll talk to you next week, Joe. All right, there he goes. Elliot Shore Parks, uh, Go Birds podcast. He's been confident all week. And um, and clap your hands. Sucker started clapping his hands. Yeah, I don't like podcast titles that tell me what to do. But well, So, okay, clap your hands counts as that, right? It's a, a command at you. I wouldn't say Go Birds is. No, no. that's telling the Eagles to do something. Yeah, speaking of uh, the Eagles, what, what do we think about the slogan this week and the video? So I, I have it actually here in front of me. The Eagles dropped these off today. It's a Philly thing. Jalen Hurts had this on the other day. I think Sirianni had it on. Yeah. At first, I thought it was just a, a Sirianni pandering thing. Yeah, yeah, I saw a lot of people like upset, uh, like non-Eagles fans saying how silly it is. Nick Sirianni, you know, I can't wait to see him get out of the playoffs. I, I don't like his personality. I mean, it's a team-issued shirt. Right, and and also, 
he always wears these kind of things. Like he thinks this is cool. Like whatever. Right. So, but it's a Philly thing. Is is do we think this is a playoff slogan for them, or is this the division around slogan? And then we get a new one next week. I imagine they have it for the whole playoffs. Okay. So, all right. Before we get to the video that that is out there today. Uh, the hype video. And the Eagles always do this before a big game. They'll put a hype video out on the social media. What do you think about it's a Philly thing? I don't mind this. I feel like there's too many things to get upset about each week. Like I, I, look, I have a hat here. I have a T-shirt. I actually think the T-shirt's a little bit cooler. It's got the logo on it. I don't mind it's a Philly thing. It's okay. Yeah, I think it's fine. Like, I don't think it's necessarily that creative, but I think people could rally around it. Now, did you watch the video today? I did. I watched it. I listened to it while I drove in. I didn't watch it. Yeah, you didn't miss much. My eyes were on the road. It was, I thought, underwhelming for a playoff hype video. Yeah, I mean, like they had Mac from It's Always Sunny and a couple other people. It was fine. It it didn't really get my my blood pumping or anything. Well, that's it. Isn't a playoff hype video supposed to get you ready to run through a wall? Like, that's the whole aspect. It was like, oh, yeah, the Eagles have a playoff game. And we're a family. It's a Philly thing. And they showed some kids. And it was, I mean, it was, well, produced video i'm not knocking the the actual social media team it's just i i don't know i i i thought we'd get a little bit more maybe we're gonna build up to that because i do think and i've said this for a couple weeks i think there's a real chance the eagles are underdogs next week if it's the niners here and i actually am kind of rooting for that i think it it, sometimes you need a twist to the story to add a little oomph to it the eagles after this great season if they end up home dogs next weekend to the niners like then i imagine they will have a video prepared of of something how they're being slighted. Like oh, they, I think even if they aren't betting underdogs, I think there's going to be a sentiment that the the 49ers are the favorite and teams love being disrespected like love that. It. Well, think about the 17 team. It became their thing. Or even think about like Georgia the other day, right? Like Georgia won the national championship 65 to to 7 whatever it mm-hmm. was. And then after the game they're talking about how they were disrespected all season. No one believed in them. <laughs> which is amazing. Which is just complete baloney. It's made <laughs> up. It's foolish. Teams like that. Like, that's such an easy way to get motivation out of your locker room. Yeah, no one believes in it. Speaking of that team at 17 that, that really people stopped believing in, um, did we see who the honorary captains are for Saturday? I did. So we have Malcolm Jenkins, Brent Selleck, and Torrey Smith serving as the honorary captains for Saturday. I was thinking about it, other than Wentz, and he's in his own category. I, I was thinking about, like, is there any combination people wouldn't love to see? It's such a beloved team. I mean, I guess Alshon left with a, a kind of a checkered uh, – yeah, people didn't love Alshon on the way out. But like, it, it's hard to think of a co- – I was thinking about different combinations they could have went with from that team. Chris Long, you know, I mean, whoever. But, yeah, there's so many guys in that team that became – like Eric Blunt uh, that became just like cult heroes for that one season or, or the short period they were here. There's almost no combination they could have went with that would have gotten anything but the crowd going nuts. Malcolm, Selleck, and Smith will get a gigantic ovation. Yeah, and, and those are three guys who – they're all retired, and they were veterans on that team and leaders on that team. I think it makes sense. Is it slightly underwhelming? I mean, do they get Foles out here next week? So he, so that's a good question. So you know how the, the Phillies went through the who's the first pitch out? Yeah. During their run, and we went, we kind of we went back to the 08 team as that thing moved across. So Foles, Foles is a big one, and that's like that's the one. But I was thinking next week if they host the oh they're going to host it obviously. Hosting the NFC Championship game, what if they got Chris Long and Patrick Robinson? Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, and I, and, I, and Chris Long, for a guy who played here such a short period of time, he really became like a cult figure. Everyone loves him. It's kind of weird. Like People remember him like, oh, yeah, and remember Eagles head rusher that won the Super Bowl, even Patriots head rusher that won the Super Bowl. It's been like 10 years with the Rams. 
yeah. because they played in St. Louis, it doesn't exist. Yeah, I saw yesterday on his podcast, he was talking about Aaron Donald. And I think he and whoever he had on with him, they were talking about, like, will he finish his career in Los Angeles? And and they, they actually, I think they were speculating maybe Pittsburgh because he, he went to school there. I'm not, I'm not sure where Aaron Donald is actually from, but maybe he would end his career with the Steelers. I'm not, and I was like, it's kind of a weird conversation. And I was like, oh, wait, he knows him. Chris Long played with Aaron Donald. Yeah, Aaron Donald spent his first two years in St. Louis. With, with Chris Long before he moved on. His, it's funny, he was the second pick in the draft, I believe in 08. Yes. Yeah. But like none of his career seemed to matter to anyone until he went to the Patriots and then here. And, and he was a good player for the yeah, Rams. He had 70 career sacks. Yeah. But they were just such a, a bad team. He was, you know, he was mired on. Never made a Pro Bowl. So our, here's a, a comp for you. Is, is uh, Chris Long the Brandon Graham of number two picks? Because Brandon Graham made one Pro Bowl or maybe none. I think he's made one. One. I think he made it last year. But I think, you know, we would all say ago. in totality as a number 13 pick, Brandon Graham had a really good career. Not Hall of Fame, not great player, but a really, really good career. Chris Long had a good career. Yeah, I mean, he had 13 sacks in 2011, 11 and a half the year after. Had five in 2017, six and a half the next year, and eight and a half a couple other times. We rarely talk about players that are drafted high when they turn out to be good. They're either like, oh, Hall of Famer, or yeah, he was a bust. You kind of forget, guys, yeah, he's a good career. That That's a good pick. He was good, and he was obviously a really good Eagle for that short time. I would, uh, I would look to, if I could choose next week, Patrick Robinson and and Chris Long would be a fun one. Is there, is there a third one that would go with them for the title game? Didn't Derek Barnett force a fumble? Yeah, but he's on the team. He's on this team. He's on the IR though. We haven't. Have you thought about Derek Barnett in like the last four months? Not once. Not once. I, I mean, I actually, I when you said it, I had to, like I was like, wait, he can't. He's on the team. Derek Barnett, good pick. Big question for you: If Derek Barnett gets two rings, did it, did it work out? Yeah, I mean, is that fumble recovery worth it for you? I'm just saying, you draft in the first round. And you play for the team for five or six years, you get two rings. You can't... It's so hard when you win a title to criticize anything, right? Like and... Even the Aguilar pick. Was it a terrible pick? Probably. But he had like 11 catches in the Super Bowl. So yeah. who knows? No, no. I will always say that was not, was not a bad pick because of what he did in the Super Bowl. 2 one 5 5 right, when we get back, let's have some fun with this. Your phone calls. I do believe Jalen Hurts needs to run in this game. I don't want him to just be a pocket passer to fully... To, to beat the Giants, to get you know to get to the title game, to win the title, to, to be where they want to be. I believe Jalen Hurts needs to go back to playing full Jalen Hurts, the full unleash him. You know, if they just try to be a pocket, have him as a pocket passer on on Saturday, I think they could lose the game. I think they need a full Jalen Hurts. He's off the injury report, full go. Agree or disagree? Let him run. Let him be himself. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. And let's throw out some comps. When I watch players, I think of other players from the past or even the present. I see other players in, in the guys that are playing now. Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurst, the two quarterbacks here. The guys they remind me of will do it all the quarterbacks of the postseason. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop board on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Bet the NFL playoffs with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forest Casino where every play is a rush. This weekend, FanDuel is giving all customers a no-sweat same-game parlay during the division round, which means tomorrow night, you know, we do it every Friday night, our same-game parlay. We, we get a no-sweat same-game parlay? We're going to jump on that. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your NFL same-game parlay doesn't hit. Same-game parlays lets you combine all your free bets for a chance at a bigger payday. All right, early on, here's my thoughts on this one for tomorrow, for Saturday. 
I'm thinking we get a Jalen Hurts touchdown. I, I think Hurts established himself as part of the run game. That feels right. I mean, how do we not put Boston Scott into a Giants-Eagles parlay? I mean, please. I mean, that, that would just be ridiculous not to. Boston Scott's got a good number, too, plus 390. I'm thinking for the total – Feels a little bit high. I might go under on the third on the forty-eight and a half on the total. So we'll go with those for the same game parlor this weekend. You can even ride with thousands of other fans at Bet Popular. Same game parlors are ready made for you. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94 WIP. I really like the FanDuel app. If you're new to FanDuel, join now. Promo code G-I-G-L-I-O to see for yourself why it's America's number one sportsbook. If you already have FanDuel, you can start building your no sweat same game parlay today. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Official sportsbook partner of the NFL. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop board. we got a lot to do on this show. It's Connor Hughes, SNY up in New York, will give us the Giants' perspective. Their, their injury report looks pretty clean as well. Some guys um, maybe more limited in practice, but it seems like they're going to have most of their guys playing this game. Eagles all but Avante Maddox, which I like. I mean, I, you know. I saw a clip floating around. I guess some Dallas radio hosts were hoping that Christian McCaffrey got hurt in practice this week. I want all the players to play. I mean, I think it's more fun. Like, let, I, don't, I don't think we need people out for the Giants to beat the Giants. Let's go play this game with everybody in there. So we'll talk to Connor Hughes coming up at 9. Let you hear from what Dave Dabrowski had to say today to uh, when his appearance on WIP, which I thought was interesting about some of this offseason stuff. If the Phillies, it's funny, when, when we have an Eagles season like this, you kind of forget, and the Phillies did all their work in the beginning of the, of, of the offseason. Like, spring training is like four weeks away. Like, we're almost there, which I'm very excited about. So, here from Nebraska, and then we'll get you, for the six, get you set for the Sixers game, but I trust the pregame show. All right, 215-592-9494. I want Jalen Hurts to run again starting on Saturday night. I believe it's imperative to win this game, to keep the Giants guessing. Can't be one-dimensional. And I think this team's too easy to defend when Jalen Hurts doesn't run the football the way they did it, you know, a couple weeks ago um, when they played the Giants here. 215-592-9494. All right. I thought this would be fun. So, and you know, when I watch quarterbacks, and it's really a lot of positions, but quarterbacks are the ones we watch, we pay attention to the most. 
So I always watch them, and then I think of other players from, and, and sometimes it's contemporaries. Like this guy reminds me of another guy playing at the same time. Sometimes it's it's players from 10, 15, 20 years ago, or or longer. You know, depending on the perspective, and if you want to go back and kind of look at look at a, a video of someone. So I I was thinking about all these quarterbacks playing this weekend and who they remind me of. And some of this is size, some of it's the way they play, some of it's their demeanor, some of it's you know it's a kind of a combination of things. So, so here's what I came up with. Here's who these guys remind me of, and I. I think my two strongest comparisons or, or two of the stronger ones are actually the guys playing in the game this weekend. Like I really see the guys playing in the game this weekend when I watch this guy, when I watch the play. So let's start with the Eagles. And this is one I, I, I was wondering for a couple years who Jalen Hurts reminded me of, like just the first couple years he was here. But then it hit me earlier this season. He reminds me of Steve McNair. I, I, I feel like I'm watching Steve McNair when I watch Jalen Hurts, the way he plays, the way he runs, the way he takes on contact, which obviously you know became an issue for him when he got banged up, um, and his toughness, like he plays the position. There are a lot. Of, there's been a lot of scramblers, like tons of them. Steve Young, Mark Brunel, Michael Vick, obviously Lamar Jackson. I wouldn't say a lot of them are tough runners. They are d- dynamic runners. Lamar Jackson's a dynamic runner. Michael Vick was a dynamic runner. I don't. I don't consider those guys tough runners. Steve McNair was a tough runner. Jalen Hurts is a tough runner, and both those guys, um, you know, took poundings for it. He reminds me of Steve McNair a lot. I wrote down short Cam Newton or Tim Tebow with an arm. I feel like when he was in the, when he came out into the draft, there were some of those Tim Tebow, but like he'd actually throw it comps. Yeah, and I just I look at him, and he's been a winner everywhere he's yep. gone. No, oh, well, that's the Tebow factor. Yeah, and he definitely has the. Um, the Newton in the red zone thing. He's just shorter. Like a if you squish down Cam Newton. If you squish down Cam Newton a little bit, that's Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and Cam was always stronger than most players in the field. And, yeah, and, it's tough. You mentioned like it's just tough to find a physical runner like that at quarterback because most of the mobile guys like go back to Cunningham, Steve Young, Michael Vick, even Young, Donovan McNabb in 2000, 2001. They made guys miss, right? Mm-hmm. They were bullets in the open field. Jalen Hurts isn't really that. No, he's like sneaky fast where he does get good yards and runs past people, but not like blazing. That's why I thought him. So, And Daniel Jones, I've thought of this all year because the, the, tr- the track record of their career is similar, kind of the path they're on or Jones is on now, and also the way he plays because he's sneaky mobile, and this guy was too. He reminds me of, da- of Alex Smith. You know, when Alex Smith was drafted at number one, he would, I think people forget how much of a disaster the first handful of years of his career was. And, you know, he was bad. He got injured a couple times, bad numbers. But when you, I think when you kind of really get, you, you fairly looked at it, you're like, wait a second. Is he bad or is, did they ruin him? Like bad coaches? Who were the coaches? Or Mike Nolan wore a suit on the sideline? Oh, yeah. Mike Ma- Singletary? Pulled his pants down or something or threatened to. Remember that? Yeah, that was a that was a wild time with him and, and who's the uh, tight end? Vernon Davis? Vernon. Yeah, it, it was in the, kind of similar to Pat Shermer or whatever they've had over there. Joe Judge. It's like, all right, Jones isn't good, but maybe they messed the whole thing up. And then... Harbaugh, uh, Jim Harbaugh got to the 49ers, and all of a sudden Alex Smith could play, and he had a nice career. That's what I think with Daniel Jones. Like, all right, obviously they were ruining him. He's not that bad. And I think now he'll be a pretty good quarterback the way Alex Smith was. So I, I see a lot of Alex Smith, and he runs the way Jones did. Jones does. I see that one. I wrote down Alabama, A.J. McCarron, because just don't mess it up. That's all they ask him to do is just don't mess this up for us. Don't you turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over. And they haven't, right? They're second in the league in giveaways. Yep. and. This is a team that that won't beat themselves. All right, let's go to 
the Bengals and the Bills because this one I think there's some obvious comps. I, you know how back in the day uh, we used to when we found out I, I think he admitted it to it at one point. Kobe Bryant used to watch Michael Jordan to emulate him, like his moves. I mean, literally the the, the fadeaway. And I think he also took on his speaking. Like sometimes when you listen to Kobe and you think like he talked like Michael, he tried to be him. I don't know if if Joe Burrow's done this to try to be like Tom Brady. I sense it when I watch him. His drop back, the way he throws the football. And you ever hear Burrow talk? He kind of talks like Tom Brady. Like, I feel like it it wouldn't surprise me if it comes out at some point he tells everyone he studied Brady down to his mannerisms and the way he speaks. He he reminds me so much of Tom Brady. And also, he's a great quarterback that, like, of, of all the quarterbacks in the league, he's the one I'd want the ball in his hand least you know, against the Eagles, you know, up four with two minutes to go because I feel like he just rip everyone's heart out. So I, I see a lot of Brady in Burrow. I put down young Tom Brady or Joe Montana. I just, it's weird. You look at his numbers at the end of every year, his QBR is right around 50. He's been a league average quarterback in the regular season. And then you get to the postseason, kind of turns it on. He's like football's answer to Kawhi Leonard. He has five playoff wins, right, doesn't he? Yeah, he won four last year and won this year. Yeah. I mean, I know they're dogs this week and they probably won't win, but like, he could have a sixth playoff. I mean, think about it. I bet there's a good amount of quarterbacks that we consider really good in their careers that didn't have six playoff wins. He's got five already. It's remarkable how much he's won already. So, all right. So, I, I see the Brady there. And then, Tucker, you you first threw this one out last week. I mean, I, I think I probably would have arrived at it too. But Josh Allen, th- there's a recklessness to him. that and There's an incredible athleticism, an incredible recklessness, an incredibly strong arm, and he's kind of become – He's going to become America's quarterback or like a, a really popular quarterback, just like this guy was in his time. There's a John Elway to him. Yeah, I wrote down John Elway. You can even throw Brett Favre in there. Yeah. Like, the way he makes the ball move, the things he does on the football field, it's something you don't really see, right? What what he does, having someone – I mean, he's built like a defensive end, and yet he plays quarterback. And his ability to, to throw the ball down the field and, and push the ball down the field, he's reckless, but – he gets away with it a lot because he makes some unbelievable plays. He does. He is. And and, and the recklessness is probably going to bite him at some point, but but I, I do think he's there. All right, the other AFC game this weekend. Now, these these are like completely contrasting kind of players. So the, the Patrick Mahomes – I think Patrick Mahomes is a difficult player to comp. I mean, he's the best quarterback in the league. You know, he's been that since the day he walked in. I don't know if anyone fits – like in terms of – his run in the NFL so far, it's Peyton Manning-ish in that he walked into the league and just became the best quarterback and, and just was – every Sunday he's just – he's the best. You just know he's the best. That's the way Peyton was. But there's also athleticism to him. There's off-script stuff that Peyton Manning couldn't do. I, I mean, I I see some Brett Favre, like when he was, when he was the MVP, Brett Favre. like Favre-Peyton mix is what I think of with Mahomes. I wrote down Wayne Gretzky. Hmm. So I far just think above. he operates on a different plane than everybody else in the sport. Yeah. And the little creative things he does where he rolls out and he's able to just flip a ball to a running back and he scampers 40 yards down the field because no one saw that. I mean, his ability on, on you know off-timing plays, and he gets a lot of Steph Curry comps because of the way he's changed the game. I mean, he walked into the NFL and— he was the best player. He's the best player. Like, I know we talked Jalen Hurts to an MVP over Patrick Mahomes— I think he's reached that LeBron, Wayne Gretzky kind of level where he should be the MVP every year, but I think we're just sick of talking about it. Yeah, I, and I, you know, it's actually the way you did it. It's, it's maybe that's why people make cross sport comparisons. It, like, who's the comp, 
right? Like, you know, other quarterbacks in the past didn't play quite like him and put up these numbers. And the guys that did, they didn't play like, like Peyton Manning, but he was a to- totally different kind of quarterback. I mean, he's going to break if he stays healthy. And, and I, I hope he does. Um, he doesn't run, but he's certainly more mobile than some guys. I mean, he's played five years. His average season is now so, – so how about this? Per 17 games, because now he has 17 games every year, so we can start adding those kind of numbers together. Per 17 games, 5,151 yards and 41 touchdowns. That's I weird. think I looked it up a few weeks ago because it's also – how many interceptions is that? Like 11, 2, 10 or 11? 10. 10 per 17 games. I think Manning has one season like that and Brady has one season like that and Mahomes has one season. It's like, like only three guys have ever done that, and he's averaging it. So how many more years think he played? When I just say 10, it's probably going to be more than that. Yeah, but, I mean, he doesn't get hit. His game doesn't really rely on, on physicality the way kind of Hurts or even Allen's does. So if we just say 10, but he's probably got more than that because he'll be 37 at that point. So we just kind of round it off. He plays 10 more years. If he plays 10 more years, he's going to rack up – he's going to get to 600 touchdowns and uh, seventy, almost eighty thousand passing yards, and that's without improving. Like, there's also a chance he improves. He's only, you know, usually the great quarterbacks don't stay their best at twenty-seven. Brady didn't, Manning didn't. They had their best years in their thirties. Breeze had his best years in his thirties. Rogers some his best. So, like, there's a real chance these baseline numbers are just they're going to improve. But as a baseline, he's going to end with all. I mean. An enormous amount of records. I mean, I, I don't know if he'll pass Brady and some stuff because Brady plays till he's fifty. But it, what a player! I mean, just unbelievable. So that is one where I think it, it's cross sport comparison might be the best. All right, let's get to uh, Trevor Lawrence. Tucker, you said this one a couple weeks ago. It, it's the most apt one, and it's probably going to bring up some scars to our listeners. But this is who he plays like. He's twenty eighteen Carson Wentz. Yep, uh, a a guy that can make plays. A guy that at his best could could be a high ceiling guy, but boy, there's there's a bad there, and there's a recklessness, and there's sloppiness is the word I'd use. He had he had nine fumbles he lost during the season, and he threw four interceptions in a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, watching that game, and I was ready to say he kind of speed ran through Carson Wentz's entire career in one season, <laughs> from kind of average to MVP level, back to average, and then kind of played hero ball to get them into the postseason, and then just became, you know, frankly awful. Um, by the time the postseason came around. But watching him play, it reminds me a lot of the Carson Wentz we saw at the end of 2019 where he lifted the Eagles up into the postseason by beating Washington and Dallas and the Giants twice. But he also had a lot of fumbles. He had a lot of miscues. There were a lot of games where he didn't show up until the second half. That's what Trevor Lawrence reminds me of. He has all the talent in the world, but I think he has a lot of trouble getting out of his own way sometimes. Yeah, and it's why actually I kind of – athletically, physically, I saw it when he came out of the draft. And I said, it's actually why I thought Doug would go there and want to go there. I mean, if you think about it, Doug's the only coach that found a way to win with Carson Wentz. Like, Frank Reich didn't do it. He didn't get to the playoffs when he had him last year. Obviously, this year, you know, it was bad for the commanders. There's only one coach that, is, that has found a way to win consistently with, with him as their quarterback, and that was Doug. And now he's doing it with... Um, with Trevor Lawrence, who, by the way, and I'm sure we'll talk about this tomorrow night when we make our NFL picks, still undefeated on Saturdays in his life. I think that's going to end this week against the Chiefs, but it, it is true. That is unbelievable. It, it is. I mean, you mentioned last week, it's, it's nuts, and, and here we are. He won again. All right, let's get to the Niners and the Cowboys. Comps for those two quarterbacks who they remind me of. Purdy's really hard because 
we've seen them the least. Like everybody else that I mentioned, I mean, they've been starters for years or we watched them a lot in college, like Trevor Lawrence. We've seen him on TV in big games for five years now, six years. Like I've seen him play a lot of football. Purdy, I know he played four years at Iowa State. How many Iowa State games did you watch from start to finish? I mean, not many. So, like, we haven't watched him play that much until recently, and now we're going to see him on big stages maybe here next week. I found him difficult. Dak is also someone I kind of find difficult, but Dak, I, I, I have one. So my Purdy comp is Baker Mayfield if he was actually good. Like, the Baker Mayfield that was drafted number one, it's supposed to be good. He's built similarly. He's like 6'2". He moves around a little bit. Like, if Baker Mayfield was actually not a clown and a good quarterback and played within the structure of an offense, that's who Brock Purdy kind of is to me. I put down 2017-2018 Jared Goff, where he had Sean McVay, and Sean McVay was kind of holding his hand, and he was able to work through that offense, and... You wouldn't have called him an elite quarterback in either of those years, but that first year in 2017. Played well. He had 28 touchdowns, seven picks, averaged almost 13 yards per completion, passer rating over 100. I mean, that's kind of the stuff Purdy's doing. You watch the game. I think he threw two balls into tight coverage in that last game uh, against the Seahawks. I mean, he's not doing a whole lot. It's get the ball to Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel as much as you can, but he's making throws, and he's taking care of the football. He is, uh, and he, he's, I mean, he's been spectacular uh, And over this stretch where they were undefeated with them. We'll see if he continues it over the next couple of weeks. Purdy's hard, though. I mean, he just started playing, so we, we got to get more. Like, sometimes with these comps, they don't, like I said, Jalen Hurts. I, I think he, he reminds me so much of Steve McDare, but I didn't, it took me a while. Like, who, who do I see? Who do I see? And then eventually it clicked. Dak Prescott is an interesting one because he's been around a while. He's pretty consistently good. He's not great. I'm not going to say I love this comp, but I, I do see some of it in terms of he wins a lot. He's their franchise quarterback. He has had some high highs. He hasn't really had too many low lows. As soon as he became their starter, they their franchise turned around. They started to win. And like he, he was just like, like kind of a, a steadying force to their franchise. I see some Donovan in him. There's, I, I think there's some Donovan McNabb to, to Dak. Um, now, he, Donovan and Andy, and he had, had a good, really good, well-run franchise. I, I don't think that the Cowboys draft some good players. Obviously, they they have an eye for talent. It's one thing they don't get enough credit for. We, you know, we make fun of them, but like they, they draft good players like Parsons. But I don't think it's a buttoned-up whole thing there. I don't love McCarthy as the coach. Garrett was a bad one. So I, I'll go with Donovan if he wasn't blessed with such a great coach. See, I kind of went the opposite. I took a guy who was a fourth-round pick, and his numbers don't really match up. I think their playing style is similar, and he didn't make a Pro Bowl, but I think if you were with a more functional franchise, would have had a better career. I went with David Garrard. Mm. He had one really, one really, really good year, didn't he? Yeah, he made the Pro Bowl one year. He went 9-3 and three as a, his you know kind of first year as a starter when he started 12 games, you know, threw 18 touchdowns, three picks, and he was kind of up and down, and I feel that way with Dak, too. I mean... I think you can make a case he's a top-five quarterback in the NFL, but you can also make a case he's like 12th or 13th. It's very hard to kind of pinpoint where he is. Maybe that's the instability at coach. Maybe, you know, he's lifted by Kellen Moore, but I don't know. He's a tough guy because you could convince me he he's up there in the top three or four and only a half-step behind uh, Burrow, Mahomes, and, and Allen, or you could convince me he belongs closer to, to Daniel Jones. Yeah, Gerard is. Um, I feel like Gerard's kind of lost to like he's, just, he's forgotten. I don't know the last time anyone brought up David Gerard. David Gerard had he started 
12, 16, 16, and 14 games in, in four consecutive seasons. Like he was a, a, a basically a five-year NFL starter, and he just he's kind of he's lost the time. I forgot about David Gard. I liked him. I always liked if you ever watched the 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 old Jaguars uniforms. Their A's and R's always look similar. It looked like mm-hmm. it said like G A A A A A A A D. Yes, I remember that. So here's an amazing. Um, I'm looking at some of his numbers here, and just like what was a normal NFL season even 10 or 15 years ago. Like, he only threw for 3,000 twice of those four years. I mean, he's a four-time starter. He And, you know, the completion percentage in the 60s, he was he was pretty good. He was a pretty good player. In fact, one year, what was 07, he was really good across the board. I, I think an underrated quarterback. And he could run a little bit, too. 280 yards in a season, 300, 322, 323. Good one. Uh, there, are, so there's our comp. I, I think it's fun when I always think about this. But the the strongest one I feel is Jones and Hurts. I mean, they remind me of those guys so much. Alex Smith, Steve McNair, and uh, and we get that matchup coming up on Saturday night here at Lincoln Financial Fit. All right, we got a big a big nine o'clock hour coming up. So we're gonna talk to Connor Hughes, SNY. I want to play for you some of Dave Dabrowski today on WIP and a very big announcement today. It sounds like at least for a brief period. We had, Tucker was honored. I mean, honored by his, his alma mater. I mean, that's it's a pretty big deal. I mean, no one represents Temple more than me, and I thought finally some of that love came back. Yeah, well, so we'll give you the full story, but there, there's, I mean, Tucker was, it was a prestigious email that was sent out, and we, and we were going to celebrate it here, and now it sounds like the story might be changing a little bit. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard. Connor Use of SNY up in New York. He's next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.